Okay, so you know, I'll go off on a tangent, but it, you know, it is funny. Somebody, somebody told me that your jeeps in every picture is like part of the family. So, do you, do you have this strange <laughs> desire suddenly to like park on top of things? I love to, to parking <laughs> one wheel up on something, top of the snowbank, over best. the curb. Oh, it's the best. All I see are like little flashbacks of memories of of Gary, right? Going to monster truck mania, being. <laughs> Oh, wow, that's so cool. I want to go over things. And now he's in the Jeep and he's like, I'm in one now. Hey, I'm Coach Jay. I'm the G-Man. We've built this podcast for the hardworking men and women of the automotive community. Some of you will listen and be entertained. Others will listen and apply. Our purpose is to provide both. Welcome to the Hard Shop Life. Welcome to this episode of yeah. Hard Shop Life. Hard Shop Life. <laughs> I'm your host, Gary, the G-Man. Actually, I'm not used to this because normally you do the intro. Huh? I got to back up a little bit. Huh? <laughs> now, it's a hard live. Life. Oh, my gosh. All right, guys. This is Coach Jay, and I'm here with the G-Man, right? Live G-Man? Nachi Washington. You've got... Coach J and the G-Man. <laughs> this episode, we natchy. We natchy. Hard natchy. shop life with a guest star. We have a, we have a good friend back, Benjamin Dykstra. Oh. Ben, Jim, dude, you're the, you're the one who said don't don't tap don't hit on the, the table. Freaking table. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so G-Man, you set this whole thing up, and and uh, and I know you wanted to record this so everybody can see how you set it up, but it's the G-Man, and then he has. Ben and I across the table, and uh, he's in control of this thing. So, what are we talking about today, G Man? We are talking about uh, uh, hmm, mm. helping people through the journey of training and learning, Ooh. of growing and growth. becoming better, and yeah. walking them through growth, so walking does, them through does, that journey. Does this apply because it is only a journey. To coaches would it apply only to coaches? No, no. leaders or anybody who managers. needs to get people to do what they need them to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, leaders, yeah. managers, and then also to the people. I think the thing I hope this reaches out to the most, the people I hope this touches the most, is the people that we're trying to help. Right. You know what's funny is I it's wonder if anybody salespeople, service wanna, advisors, people that we that need to, you know, to go from ten cars to fifteen cars, yeah. need to go from, you know. 80 bucks in ELR to 125 or something like that. You know, I want to I want to say something and I want to cuz I'm going to call ourselves out. So, we do do this podcast for the men and women of the automotive industry and we talk about, you know, the parts department and the technicians and everything cuz we've been there, right? But here's the truth as well that we don't put a lot of emphasis on. So, this message is for you dealers if you have the courage to listen to this right is i'm gonna tell you this i'm a business owner i make millions of dollars in my business i gary has run a multi multi-million dollar training thing closing multi-million dollar deals with manufacturers guess what we're business owners so if you don't think that we know how you feel about your business we have references that you can go check and talk to going these guys they run a business and help me with my business because they understand business. So, can you guys help me with my business? Sure, <clears throat> and and that's what, and but we're happy to do so. And the thing is, is that's what we do, right? And so, yeah, we have some tips in leadership and management, and, and our heart and soul goes from where where we are. But at the end of the day, G man, we're businessmen, yeah. right? We're business owners, right? We're a business, we're business owners. We run our business, and we know and understand what, at the end of the day what it is. And I think. 
that's one of the things that I want to incorporate in this conversation because we're going to talk about how it is to coach people, how it is to transform people in a manner that makes them feel like they're ascending, right? Right? Yeah. And at the same time, putting nothing in front of anything else, but knowing that we're here to make our clients more money. That's it. Right? That's it. That's all we do. I mean, if people ask us, what do you do? We motivate me people to perform at the highest level possible so that their owner of the business is making enough money to sustain them. Let's yeah, talk I about think, that. I think, so I think the thing about money is, and, and, and this has come up a couple of times where people are like, oh, you know, money, 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 money. And they think, you know, it's just greed and that's all you want. That's all they care about. But the truth of the matter is that is the scoreboard. I mean, yeah. it's the scoreboard for life. It is what we use. It is how we know for winning or losing. It's the metrics that guide our business. We're in a business to make profit, to sell things, cars, service, parts, to make a profit. And then there are certain measurables and metrics and KPIs that you use to decide if you're winning or losing. It's so, the scoreboard. So what about the people that say, I, I just want to help people, right? I, I want to I want to support my causes. That's more important to me than anything else. Like I want to... You're right. I, I want to build these programs in my community. I want to be part of all that. Like I want to help in all these ways. So who has the better ability to help people? Me or Bill Gates? I, that would be Bill Gates. Me or Ted Turner? Probably Ted Turner. Of course. And so they're giving away hundreds of millions. And didn't Ted Turner give away like three billion or some some crazy number? I mean, unless we're talking about beard growing advice. <laughs> Right. No, I think I think, it's I definitely think not that. to to your point, Ben. What what Gary's trying to say is that these billionaires, right? They they yeah they they came to a, a realization like I have enough, and I'm going to start giving. Right? But more I'm important than away. that is like success enables you to take. If your goal is to take care of people, success is the thing that would bring that to you. financial success. Right. Is the thing that allows you right. to do that. Like I can give them fifty bucks. He can give them fifty million. Like, what if I just hung on to my 50 until I made the 50 million and gave them that? You see what I mean? Yeah. So can can we agree that no matter what the cause is, it's easier to help if we have money, right? Money is energy compressed, Uh, right? Energy stored. And when you have money, you can release it into whatever form you want, right? right? If if you want to buy somebody something or buy groceries from somebody or make a contribution that affects people's lives, whatever organization it is you contribute to, money is the easiest way to do that. Yes, absolutely. We really want to be effective in the world. Like we can focus on relationships and all this thing, but it's much more helpful. Mm-hmm. I think we would all agree. If we have some money. Yep. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. But I think it's a lot of it has to do with ego. Trigo. Like you want to give it away because you want people to know that you're giving a lot of money away. So it's ego. But at the end of the day, you want to give to others, but it brings you so much joy to give to others because that's the thing that's being released in your brain for happiness, which is good. It's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it makes you feel good. It makes you feel good. So you're doing it for yourself. You're being selfish. But that's okay. I mean, that's what... I just don't think... I just think people get weird about it and they use that as the excuse why they don't want to learn and grow and become better. It's like, all oh, money's the root of all evil. Yeah. Money doesn't matter. Like it's, 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 it's more like, about so we go to an advisor and we're like, well, bro, listen, if you listen to me and you did what I said to do, you followed the steps that I'm asking for you to follow, you could double your income. Oh, well, I, you know, that's, I don't need that. Like, I'm fine. It's like, okay, well, couldn't you do more with that? Could you do better with your family? Could you buy a better car, live in a better house? 
Get your kids in better schools. Could you give more to charity, your church? Could you take your family on a better vacation? Like, it's not, it's, that's not like, it's, it's not the, they're using it that way, but it's not the negative that they're making it out to be. They're just using that as an excuse. I mean, to, to your point, the pain of that conversation is ego, right? In the other way. Mm-hmm. So the pain of not being able to achieve that, knowing that six months ago, a year ago, I could have doubled my income and I didn't because I wasn't doing the things you're asking for me to do now. Now that I can, it makes me feel bad about what I did in the past. Yeah. Right? Now, again, that's the other part. So of now I'm right. bad. Yeah. Right? And it's not being bad. It's just, hey, there's always new stuff that's happening. There's always ways to get better. There's always new techniques. And we discover more about human psychology and how to influence people better. And so, of course, the world is learning. Why wouldn't yeah. you learn right along with them? If you're not learning and growing, you're dying. Yeah. And that's why I say, like, it's all really perspective. It's perspective, right? Like, mm-hmm. how many times have we been coaching advisors to sell service? And they're like, look, you're telling me to sell things these people don't necessarily need. And I said, who are you to make that decision? When a technician is telling you and the manufacturer, whatever it is, is telling you that they need it, right? Shame on you to make that decision. Yeah. Right? I mean, I shared that in that long, you know, in, in, in one of my, um, the ABCs of service advising, you know, I used the story of, of, what I did to a client of mine, right? By not telling her that she should replace the, the the hoses, her coolant hoses. Because I thought, you know what? She doesn't need to have that expense right now. She's fine. But of course, three weeks later, while she's on vacation in Hawaii, you know, her dog sitter, a 17-year-old girl, gets stranded on the side of the road because her hose is blue. Mm-hmm. Her upper hose blue. Leaving the person stranded on the side of the road, right? And the next thing you know is it's my fault. And it is my fault. And I want to have this conversation with all the advisors on here, whoever it is. If you think that you have deserved the right or you have the right because you think you are the professional not to inform your customers of what their needs are, quit right now. Because yeah. you're not doing well, I think that's the, trouble. Doing that's right. trouble anytime. Anytime that we as a trusted expert make the assumption that that we're we're gonna spend the customer's money as if it was our own. Right. Right. Like, well, I wouldn't probably spend money on that. Right. And so I'm not going to recommend it because I don't feel like they should spend money on that. Like, and it's a, like it's catch twenty two, right. right? Because we feel like we're doing the honest thing, right? Right. right? So I'm going to tell you a story, and I don't, but it's I'm, not my decision to you, make. Right. Looking at you right now, it brings up a perfect story of what I've experienced one time. I'm in. I'm at my BMW store. I'm a service advisor. Customer comes in. They had just bought the car, right? And they got a nail in the tire. Now in the run flats, you can't repair that tire, mm-hmm. right? So we have to replace the tire. Right? So the customer is in complaints and goes, I just bought this car, you know, three weeks ago or whatever. Right? So we're talking about it. And I said, well, you need a tire. I got in trouble. Uh, Me. I got in trouble because I opened my big mouth. And I fought it to the end. But I broke. I'm I'm like, ma'am, why didn't you buy the tire tire protection package for BMW? You know this. Gary, right? Mm -hmm. Why didn't you buy it? She goes, I didn't know about it. What do you mean? Ooh. Oh. Right now it's our fault, right? Because no. we didn't give them the opportunity to nobody, protect themselves. Nobody told me. Nobody told me. <laughs> Bro, so she went up to I, the front. This is legitimate. Hold on. Think? She went up to the front. 100%. Looked for the sales manager. Looked for her whatever. Right? They pulled the deal. And right. 
There's nothing that documents that anybody told her about the tire protection package. Should have had the opportunity to decline it. Should be in the deal jacket. That's I declined this coverage. Exactly. She declined the etch. She declined the... She declined... It wasn't presented to her. She goes, you show me where it was talked to me about. Guess what? We bought her a tire. And she paid dead cost for the tire protection package that we now offer to her. Mm-hmm. She goes, you owe me this. Like you, th- What a disservice. Why'd you put me through this? I would have bought it. I bought everything else. Your guy didn't talk about it. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's and, and the whole time, wh- <clears throat> and that's right? the thing we think we're doing something. We're doing a disservice, or we're doing something to them that's a negative thing. Right. But we're doing something for them. Right. Right. This stuff. Most of this stuff isn't isn't. Uh, you know, it's not. It's not an. It's not a negative thing. We're not selling them garbage. Mm-hmm. You know, we're selling beachfront property in New Mexico. We're selling them something that's good for them. It's good for their car, a wheel package. Now, maybe you go your whole, you know, life with the car and you don't use it. It's still, it's, it's when you need it, it's there. It's, yeah. it's that's what insurance is, yeah. right? Yeah. And so it's like, you know, I'm not going to take that chance that right. you're not going to use it. Mm-hmm. You know, set set us up with it. Um, I was working a store in Colorado one time and the customer came in and he was, he had a power steering fluid leak. It was just like his, his power steering pump just gave way and the fluid was just dumping everywhere. And, um, he, uh, he was like, you know, you guys mentioned to me something about like maintaining this thing a while back and then nobody ever said anything again. So I didn't do anything about it. And I feel like that had I changed the fluid that I probably wouldn't be in this situation right now and I wouldn't have been stuck on the side of the road. And, uh, and at that moment, so we go back and look and sure enough, like four or five visits ago, they offered to do a power steering fluid exchange and the guy declined it. Then the next time he comes in, they didn't offer it. And the next time, and the next time, and his theory is like, look, first you tell me it's important. Then you just don't tell me again. And I feel like it's not important. Mm-hmm. So which one is it? Okay. So I'm an advisor. I come in, right? I come in on a Friday morning and we're trying to put marks on the board. Right, one of the marks trying to go. It's four by four service, whatever. It's transfer case, front and rear differential, right? All the stuff, the fluids. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know what? I'm 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 sick of the shenanigans. I don't need the twenty dollars spiff, right? I'm just going to recommend what I know my people need, and that's it. It's like I'm not in it for the money. I just want to help people. I want to tell people exactly what they need, whatever, right? So I don't feel good about. I'm not right. You've cheapened it. You've offered to pay me to advise something that maybe I don't feel like I should give advice to, right? To push something. I'm not going to push this on people, right? Right? If they don't, if I don't really believe that they need it, right? And and then okay, so I don't offer it to you, Gary. Yes. And five thousand miles later, there's a problem with your transfer case, right? So you come in as the customer, and I'm telling you, oh, unfortunately, this happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it's, we're in that scenario, right? Where it's like, wait a minute. It says here on the maintenance schedule that I should have changed the fluid. Nobody ever told me that. Yeah, come here religiously. Okay, so it's your fault as a customer, right? You, sh- you should have read your owner's manual and known. You should have come in and said, I want this. Yep. Is that how you see it, though? No. Why? But- because I'm your trusted advisor. Yeah. I'm supposed to tell you. I'm supposed to give you the opportunity to choose. Now- do we all want to have control over our own choices or do we want other people to decide things for us? So this, so I want to, I want to, can I tell you something really funny? I'm going to tell you something really, really funny. And it's so great that you're bringing this up. Like guys, this is not like we, we have no script. Like we're just talking. Right. Right. But this is the funny part that I just remembered 
So thank you, Ben. So Lisa, the one with the dog sitter side of the road. Yeah. Let's talk about the truth of that. If I sell a rehose, how much do I get? 50 bucks. I would get 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. That day, I told, told myself, I'm, I'm looking out for my customer. I don't need the 50 I bucks. I don't need the 50 bucks. I don't need it for I'm going to take the high road here, exactly. the noble path. Exactly. So let's talk. And I said, and I said, Lisa, you can do it next time. I can get the 50 bucks next time. And that's the thing people miss. Why does the $50 exist? It exists as to remind us. Exactly. It, it, we're paying as, as managers, as store yeah. owners. We're, we're so, paying yeah. for our people to remember to offer the exactly. necessary services to our customers. So the one thing that is there <laughs> actually was used against me. Like, I'm almost at the point right now. I'm like, wow. We shouldn't. I mean, we shouldn't spiff at all. Right. I don't know. Because it became a guilt factor, right? Like, well, I didn't, honestly, honestly, it didn't motivate me because I was doing the right thing. Yeah. Right? So, from, I was always coming from a good place. Yeah. Right? But at the same time, it bit me in the ass. Right. And it it, it reminds me, and I hate to bring this up, but it reminds me of an old manager or executive that that was my boss. And he would say, no good deed goes unpunished. And I hate that. I I honestly, like with a passion, hate that phrase. Mm -hmm. But in that scenario, it's true. It's true. It is true. Yeah. It is true. And you think you're doing the right thing, but you're misguided, honestly, because you're you're taking their choice away from them. And that's the biggest thing. It's there. It's there to offer them. It's there for them to choose. And then we're stealing that from them. We're not allowing them to decide what they want to do with their car. And what gives who, you that right? Who yeah. what gave, who gave you the right well, to we, take away somebody's ability to decide for themselves? Right. And we're the trusted professionals. We should be the ones. Like if you're at home maintaining your car in your driveway and your water pump or transfer case or whatever fails and you didn't maintain, shame on you because you're taking mm-hmm. responsibility for it. You bring it to me. If it's if it's my store and I'm managing the service department, you bring it to me, we take responsibility for that. Mm-hmm. That we're going to remind. That's what you, you expect. I mean, I'm expecting that. That's what you expect. Yeah. Right. That reminds me of a story from the group. I, I mean, I don't know if anybody can identify with this. Right. Guys got a brand new Toyota, uh, so, uh, Sequoia. No, what's the van? So, uh, uh, not a Sienna. Sienna. He's got a brand new Sienna. Toyota Sienna. Yeah. Right. The minivan. And uh, he's going to change his own oil. Right. God. He's like, ah, screw the dealership. I'm not going down there. I'm not paying. I'm buy my own oil. Change my. So the guy changes the oil. The engine's hot, right? When he decides, he just parks the car and we change the oil, right? Spills some of it on the hot engine, so it's kind of steaming, kind of smoking. So he's going to clean it off. Brake cleaner. Oh, God. And you know what happens next? Giant fireball. Yep. The whole thing. I don't really know how that applies, but dude... Freaking burned his car down right there in his driveway with 5,000 miles. There's no, whatever. If it's got 50,000 miles or 150,000 miles, yeah, maybe you want to burn your car in your driveway. You should get the insurance payout, get a new car. It's got, it has no incentive, right? He just thinks, so what, what makes somebody decide to do that? That that's a good idea, that I'm going to do this myself because I don't trust someone. Ego. <laughs> it's, it's ego. It's interesting, right? Yeah. it's a, and, and that's, I think it's uh I don't know, man. It's a stigma, too. I think that this industry still has a stigma, I think, on both sides of the fence. I think variable or, or sales still has their thing and, and service, of course. So like, I, feel, I feel like by not recommending the service, you embody that stigma. Exactly. You become that. 
Right, because what are we doing differently? How are we protecting them? We're not. You know, and then everybody's afraid of, well, I don't want to over upsell my customer. But at the end of the day, like again, we're protecting them from themselves. Like it's it's like anything else. They we have all the information, they don't have any, right? Or very little. We know we're the we're the trusted professionals. Uh I mean, it, it just I don't know. I, I I think it's interesting that they they think I, I heard a I saw a comment on uh the Jeep page, so I have I have a, a, a Jeep that's very special to me. <laughs> dude, this dude is like he's starting to walk. He, is it because it makes you feel like a no, man? I'm just, I'm just a... getting a little worried, dude. This guy went Jeep and it went I don't, and I don't it, it just is, it's weird to me, bro, because like my brother in law's always been a Jeep guy and he's always told me, he's like, Listen, you're gonna become a Jeepster. I'm gonna make you one. And when you do it's going to be the greatest gift I've ever given you because you will just understand. You'll be part of this this, this crew. There's it just it 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 embodies everything. And I'm like, it's oh, like bringing the Lord into so your weird. heart. It's not, you know, and then all of a sudden, come on, seriously, come on, then, don't go there. exactly. And then my freaking business partner gets a freaking Jeep, and he's like, oh, I understand. Oh, oh, whoa, you don't know, you don't know, whoa. But okay, so you know, I'll go off on a tangent, but. It, you know, it is funny. Somebody, somebody told me the do, other day that's you, in your your jeeps in every picture. It's like part of the family. So, do you, do you have this strange desire suddenly to like park on top of things? I love to, to parking one wheel up on something, top of the snowbank, over best. the curb. Oh, it's the best. I want to drive over things. It's awesome. At any rate, I digress. We were talking about service. So, on this, on this, you know, I have a. You know what I wonder? You know what I wonder? I promise. This, we, I am going to get to my point. I promise. Yeah, I mean, when you were younger, or next whatnot, episode, I mean, you'll all, hear I, Gary's all I point. see are little, listen. All I see are like little flashbacks of memories of of uh, of Gary, right? Going to monster truck mania and being, oh wow, that's so cool! I want to go over things. And now he's in the jeep and he's like, I'm in one now. <laughs> Fulfilling the boyhood dream. The boy, yeah, it's like I can driving go over, over large boulders. I can go over that. <laughs> yes, he wants to crush things. Did you see that basketball? Okay. I crushed it. Okay. <laughs> This could go. We could do this for an hour. Four-year-old Gary. I'm going to drive a Jeep. We could talk about this for an hour. I'm going to drive a Jeep. All right. All right. Okay. All right. I'm back on task here. Come on. Let's go. These people are very interested in what I'm about to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> so any, anytime, you're, anytime you're spending the customer's money as if it was your own, it's a problem. Can we agree? Yep. Well, so hold on. So let's go back to this thing. We're talking about guys working on their car, their car in their driveway and what that thing is and the stigma of having the dealership and how they are. And... um. There was a, a post on the Jeep page, and the guy's like, um, you know, oh, don't pay them to pull your check engine light codes. They're going to charge you $130, and and all they're going to do is pull codes. You can go get codes pulled at, you know, AutoZone or, you know, for free or buy a scan tool, and, and they're going to rip you off and this and that. And to me, that devalues, like, that's that's how the people look at the industry. It devalues it. And then we feed into that by not properly helping customers when they come in. Wait, we're not adding value to it. We don't we don't hold ourselves to a high standard. We don't believe ourselves to be professionals. We want customers to come and spend money here and they look at us like we're ripping them off and they question and challenge everything. And then we get angry at that. You see these posts on these pages all the time. We get angry at that. And customers are trying to do it themselves. They do it themselves because we don't pride ourselves in what we do. We're inconsistent. We give people different things. We don't recommend the same things all the time. We don't offer it because... We decide they don't need it, you know, and then something bad happens. And then, so then how do they come to us and trust us? 
How do we get out of this thing? It's like, it's, it's just, it, it feeds on itself. And it's up to us, I think, to, to make it right. We got to treat people right, recommend everything, let them know what's going on, offer them, you know, the tire and wheel, the etch, whatever it is that they need. Because if, at the point that they need it and we didn't offer it to them, that's when we're going to run into trouble. It's weird in other industries, like you're liable, right? Like there's compliance things, like this stuff needs to be happening. Needs mm-hmm. to happen, right? In the automobile industry, we don't have that necessarily. But what's interesting is like on a human level, we're still on the hook for it. Yeah. If the customer finds out that we should have recommended it and we didn't, in in their mind, we're responsible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though there's no law that says so. We put them in a vulnerable pos- position, right? And then we turn around, of course, because we're, you know, craphead car guys, right? Mm-hmm. That nobody respects. We're just like, wow, no, you should have known, right? We put it back on them. That it created, it just feeds into that whole right. thing. And then we make it their fault and we get all mad at them and... If we would just do what we wanted, what we should do, which is give them the choice, document mm-hmm. it, then it's not an issue. Turn back and say, hey, we, we recommended that. You decline it. It's okay. It's your choice. But, you know, now we are where we are. Here it is. What do you want to do now? You know, one thing I think we don't do in this industry is support one another professionally. Mm-hmm. Right? Let me give you an example. A service advisor or a technician or an independent shop. They come in, we're looking at something that is in need. It may it's seeping, it's starting to leak, whatever. They go to the second place. And I think people who have the of good level of integrity and understand that you're looking out because look, we see your car now once a year, once every six months, maybe tops. What do you think, G Man? You know, before back in the day, it was every three months, right? Yeah, every six months, oh, yeah. right? Twice yeah, you're year, seeing probably. them twice a year, one point, maybe, maybe I think three times new, a year. Maybe. I think, well, I think the new stats like one seven or something like that, one point seven times. But it's you know some of the the high line ones, it's once a year, and some of the you know most of the domestics and independents. Most was that ten thousand mile oil now? Right? Yeah, like, yeah. So the question is, is is it's like on my Jeep, it's five thousand miles. There you go. On my Ford Expedition, so, ten thousand. So miles. here's the question. Here's the question. So customer comes in, you've seen them once a year, right? And they start having a oil seal leaking on the side somewhere. You know, camshaft seal leak. Is right? the car in a warranty? Right. Car's out of warranty. Oh, it's out of warranty. It's out of warranty. Well, if it's under warranty, we're definitely not going to point it out, right? <laughs> so, jeez, so, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. So. Um, that's actually a really good. Conversation. <laughs> <laughs> right, I mean, come on, yeah, it's a really good conversation. Come on, you know that happens in shops every day. So, so yeah, so well, yeah. I mean, if we, if we, no, have, no offense, no offense. It is no offense, and the yeah, truth, I'm not the, offended the, by the, it. It's the, true. The truth of the matter is, is, is yeah, that actually is what happens. I mean, you bring your car in, and technically, your car's under warranty, and I can't tell you you have an oil leak. You have to know for yourself. Right, and plus, I don't want to work for warranty labor. I don't want to work for CP labor. So, ain't CP labor, I ain't touching it. Which is funny because that is definitely not any way a technician thinks. None technicians see it as our soul. They don't give a shit who pays for it. They don't care if it's the warranty or not. If it's there and it's an hour sold, they'll take it. Now, do they prefer customer pay? Yeah, sure. But come on, man. What's well, the multiple? So the warranty times the minimum and. Anything that you do that's outside warranty time is warranty times times a, a multiple. So sure. it's like, but at the end of the day, look, uh, 
I mean, you can say that I'm wrong, G-Man, but my experience with technicians is they have a high level level of integrity and they're going to do what the right thing is, right? Well, and so they think a lot of people in this industry, and that and to you know, to me, that's the big the big takeaway, or or the thing I guess that that mm-hmm. is is inside me is that. You know, we 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 decided together as a group we were going to read that Darren Hardy book, right? And so I started reading it or listening to it this morning, and um, and he talks about like as an entrepreneur how you need to like how to stay motivated and your cause and like figuring out that thing that drives you. What is your where's your passion? Where's your love? Right? And and I was thinking really hard about it, like what is it about what I do? Is it just about making money is that what it's all about is it is it truly what everybody says that's the lowest common denominator and and it's not that it is to me it's like this to to me i started out with nothing i had nothing i came from nothing i was told i was nothing mm-hmm. it i was I, nothing i lived in a in an impoverished neighborhood you know and had no prospects and no opportunities zero and I got into the car business and turned that into a career and had a family and sent my kids to college and lived in a good neighborhood and in a good house. And all because the car business took care of me, honestly, as a technician, as an advisor, as a manager, all the way down the line. And I respect it and think it's a respectable profession. It's something to be honored and revered. It's something mm-hmm. that we take for granted. And mm-hmm. when guys tell me that they don't want to offer somebody a service because because oh well you're just in it for the money I don't need the money no mm-hmm. it's bigger than that okay granted we want to have spiffs and we want to sell service and we want to make money and we want to have profitability but the worst possible thing that can happen is that customer leaves here with stuff on their car that would have made the, their life better potentially saved them from some sort of catastrophic thing happening and we didn't tell them about it I mean that's the worst thing that could happen. And we should take pride in that. We should say that's our responsibility. When you bring it to us, you take it to Joe's garage down the street. He's not going to do that for you, right? We're going to do that because we're the dealership. We're the professionals. We get highly trained technicians, highly skilled, highly trained service advisors. Like we, we should be. That should be us. I think the core of the issue is. I truly believe there are very few people in our business and just in life in general who do the wrong thing intentionally. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, for right? sure. I mean, there's a few scumbags out there, right? They're ruining it up for all of us, right? But I think most people, they they have to live in a manner that's consistent with their internal beliefs. And that means doing the right thing. And so what we do then is we make whatever we're doing the right thing in our minds. Right? Because I, I can't I can't exist as a human being knowing one thing in my mind and doing something else. Yep. I'll either change my mind or I'll change what I do. Yeah. I can't be two separate things. So most people in our business, I think, believe that they're doing the right thing, but they've adapted in their mind what the right thing is. Right. Right? To make to have a consistent narrative between my internal and my external reality. Yeah. And so I know that sounds super complicated and psychological and whatever, but basically it's like that's what happens when we're spending the customer's money as if it was our own because mm-hmm. we believe it's the right thing to do. And yep. so we don't recommend it or whatever. I'm looking out for them. So so we come into a dealership and we try to inform people or tell people that this is the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. And we're telling them something that doesn't quite jive with their internal you know, view of what's right. Right? Yeah. Because I I've I've aligned my reality, my internal and my external reality that that that, that this is what's right. And I'm only gonna recommend things that I would spend money on. 
So the question is, how do you reset that? Because you go in, so what happens? You go in and you tell somebody, it's like, hey, we need to recommend all these things because we want to get marks on the board and everything. And it resonates as false because it's like, that's contrary to my internal reality, what's true for me, what I view as right. Yep. And that's where we run into problems, right? People don't want to participate. The game almost becomes the opposite. Okay, it has the so opposite effect of what it's trying to. Let me ask you this, both of you guys. You go to see an attorney, and he's there to help you with whatever thing it is that you're trying to have I'm him help with. I'm getting sued. I'm getting, right? Or you're trying to sue somebody or trying to protect yourself or whatever it is. You're trying to do something. You were wrong in some deal. way. It's a big deal. Do you expect them to, to look at everything, to uncover every avenue, to make sure that there isn't a loophole or something that in, in terms of the letter of the law that's there to protect you? Do they overlook it? Like what happens, what happens if he he if he misses a precedent that applies to your case that could have potentially swung the verdict in your favor and he misses it? Are you gonna hold him responsible for that? Of course you are. It's malpractice, right? So, so my point is that it's the same. Why is it different for us? Why are we looking at the attorney and he should know? He should go to school. He's going to be a lawyer. He should know. He's a professional. And if I'm going to pay him $400 an hour, whatever it's going to be, he's there to protect me and know everything about my case and in every way in which he can help me as best as he possibly can. And, yet and then still why are we different? Why do we look at ourselves as not that? Why do we think that what we do is less important? Yet and still, the attorney, the service advisor, whoever it is in this scenario, can never know everything about you and what's important to you and every variable that you might consider. Of course not. Right? And so we make that assumption that when we spend a customer's money as if it was our own, we make the we, we impose that on them, right? Mm -hmm. We pretend like or we assume like we know what's really important to them. Mm -hmm. And we don't. The only way I could know that is if I I grew up with you, I know you. Like I I can make service decisions like that for my brother, right? I know him, I know everything about him, right? I even know his finances. I've you know I've helped him with with things like in depth personal things, like so I can I can bro, you don't need this, you don't need this, you know. I don't know any of my customers that way, and I don't think anybody does, right? You don't know them on that level, and so even if you think you're close to them, like you were with Lisa, the minute you cross that line. And it has the opportunity to go south. You're in the wrong. Yeah. So go back to my my attorney example. He he. You know, I've been in situations like this where they're like, "Hey, look, you know, we can do this thing. This is a rough road, and and we're gonna beat them up pretty hard. And and there's gonna be a lot of hurt feelings. Um, and we can we can employ this strategy, and most likely I'm gonna win. Or we can do this, and we can you know write a letter, and maybe you know go to court and plead our case and be soft about it." And, uh, and we have that avenue as well. You know, in this one, you know, it's just, again, you just understand our knuckles are going to get bloody. And you have a choice, right? And you could choose. I don't want to do that. I don't necessarily want to go that far. I want to take the, the other road. But without giving you that choice, like if he's like, well, he right. doesn't want to get his knuckles bloody, yeah. we're just going to go this way and go soft. And you right. find out there was another way to go. Yeah. It's not his decision to make. It's your decision. It's my decision it's to your make. your decision. And I think, I think in general now, you know, the industry, you know, all industries. A break have, job isn't life or death. Have their, yeah, <laughs> have their, they are going to have their, their, their outliers or their poor performers. And, and lawyers are no exception to that. But I do think in general, they hold themselves to a higher standard, same way doctors do, 
right? They're going to hold themselves to a higher standard. And I just think for me, if, if it's, if it's my passion, if it's what I like, just going back to what I was listening to this morning, it is that thing. It is that we should expect more from ourselves. We should expect more. As a technician, you should expect more from yourself. You're a very rare individual. There are not that many people out there doing that. That is a skill that's in demand. You should hold your head up high, and you should have honor and respect, and you should do a good job, and you should, and you should, you should believe that this is an honorable profession. As a service advisor, you're there protecting the customer, their second biggest investment they'll ever make in their life. You should feel good about that. As a car salesperson, we're putting them in a position. We're navigating a difficult transaction. You're not going to buy a house without a realtor. Right, and somehow the car salesman's bad because he's going to steal. No, he's he's trying to put you in a car. Maybe the circumstances aren't always ideal, but his job is to get you what you want for the payment that you can afford. Yes. So this this gets and at what, teach you the car. <coughs> yeah. This, I, this gets at the core of what I, you know. What I say is the purpose of a salesperson and advisors and salespeople are you know the same in this. We're all selling something, right? And our our purpose. And, and we don't really talk about this. It seems super obvious, but like when you really break it down, it's, it's. So I want to stop you for two seconds oh boy. because I've been listening to both of you guys and you're, you're, you're flipping into another conversation. No, no, no. It's the same. I, no, no, I, same, I know it's the same thing. I get it. I get it. But this is so good that I want Ben to continue his conversation. I want us to continue this conversation. After this word from our sponsors. <laughs> that is exactly right. Because we're going to have a part two. So let's cut part one, and let's continue this in part two, because this definitely is a two-parter. Okay, so I want to say thank you guys for listening to Hard Shop Life. So we're going to continue this conversation. You'll get it in part two. Um, if you ever need anything from us, you can always find us on Facebook at JDI Coaching. Ben Dykstra with dealershiplife.org. He's on Facebook. He's got a website. We do not yet, but it will come. Um, but it's under development. Right? It's under development. Like At this much. point, we've been working so much, we don't have time to work on it. <laughs> but we have a person working. Like, right. like a company's we're, building it for yeah, us, and they're like, we're waiting for your input. And we paid like, a bucket of money to get it done. Like, so at any rate, but we are there. If you need, if you'd like to reach out, you can always ask us questions. Uh, please info, do. Info at jdicoaching.com. Info mm. at jdicoaching.com. Benjamin at dealershiplife.org. Perfect. Da, 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 da. <laughs> All right, Ben's playing us out, so I'm going to cut this one, and then we're going to continue this conversation on part two.